0: This podcast contains strong language. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Hello, and welcome to We're Not Over Six Feet Under, the podcast where we talk about the Ott's most morose TV show about a Gen Xer and a funeral home and mortality, episode by episode, spoiler free. I'm your host, Jenna Shearer. I'm a writer, editor, and pop culture critic.
0: And I'm your other host, Caroline McGraw. I'm a playwright and screenwriter. This week we're talking about season one, episode seven, Brotherhood, which originally aired on July 15th, 2001. This episode was written by Alan Ball and Christian Williams and directed by Jim McBride. Jim McBride, by the way, I
1: looked him up as I do on IMDb. Um, He's like mostly a film director. He did apparently this kind of beloved 1960s mockumentary
0: movie called David Holzman's Diary. I did not know that. Wow. So he uh, he's been working a while. So uh, we open with our,
1: um, our death of the week, and it is, uh, it is a home video of uh, a young kid in an army uniform in a military tent um, in Iraq, and he's very, like, kind of young and, and full of life and hope and, like, you know, square jaw, glowing eyes... Um, Yeah, you know, and they're these soldiers that are like wrestling in the background.
0: Yeah. One of them moons the camera and he's trying to make a nice video for his relatives. I don't like the mooning guy at all. (laughs) Um, He's very excited to be where he is. So listening to
1: "Unbelievable" by by EMF, which is that song that's sort of like "You're
0: Unbelievable." Oh, which, I guess I didn't notice that. Yeah, cool. it came out.
1: So I looked this up because I'm I love looking up music stuff. Yeah. It came out in 1991, which would have been if the, I don't know how old this video is, but if it did come out in 1991, that would have been like actually during the Gulf War.
0: Oh yeah, I think the video is ten years old. Oh cool. So um, they did
1: a really good job of like carbon dating it with music. Yeah, I like that.
0: So as this video is still playing. Um, we pan out. I, w- I wish I knew more about camera terms. I really should. I write for screens. So. <laughs> pan yeah, sounds right to me. Uh, from, this, uh, from this video, and we see the same man watching from a hospital bed. Well, I should say we think he's watching because uh, his eyes are open, but uh, a man comes in and says that he's brought the latest South Park but and you kind of see his
1: the the um, remote control fall from his hands. Oh yeah. So I think we sort of see the moment that he dies,
0: and the white screen of death comes up mm-hmm. on uh, Victor Wayne Kovich, PFC. Private First Class, 1971 to 2001. Um. So in this next scene, <laughs> we open up on Nate sleeping and his beeper going off, which is. Very sexy. And he's also like, he's like slept
1: in his clothes. He's all ruffled. He genuinely looks like a person who's fallen asleep in his clothes. And I find it very charming for some reason.
0: Um I didn't I mean, I thought it was okay. Um <laughs> he's at he's at Brenda's, uh, which we know because she enters wearing a kerchief. Uh, a
1: kerchief with rhinestones. No. Yes. Oh, I can't believe I didn't I thought you the were gonna comment on this, no. so I'm really glad I wrote
0: it down. I did not know. I'm kind of glad I didn't know because I probably wouldn't have been able to concentrate on the rest <laughs> of the episode. Brenda's fashion choices continue to baffle and astound me. Um, so Brenda teases Nate for coming over at 4 a.m. and not sleeping with her. Um, Nate makes a joke about having a brain tumor. Is, is that, that all that happens in this scene? That's I all. That, I, have. I think that's all that happens. Um,
1: in the next scene, David is on the phone with Nate as he is sewing up um, anonymous body X. And Nate is basically, the reason that he showed up at Brenda's at 4 a.m., we learn, is that he's getting these kind of shitty jobs where he has to like pick up bodies from distant places at all hours of the night. Um, you could almost say he's working the graveyard shift. Oh, boy.
0: Oh, boy. You could say that, and you did. I did, <laughs> and uh, now I can never be forgiven. But, you know, Nate is studying for the funeral director's license. He's doing his job.
1: Yeah, he's taking the test uh, next month Um, because he can't do intake on his own until he becomes licensed although I feel like we've seen him do intake on his own before this so yeah
0: I think in this episode there's a couple things where I'm just like a question about the logistics of this and this is the first one but uh Nate wants to go away for the weekend with Brenda well before he says he wants to go for the
1: weekend with Brenda he tells her that he loves her oh that's right yes that's true um, which she, like, kind of gives him, like, deer-in-headlights look in Yeah, she doesn't to that. say it back. No.
0: And he also, to Nate's credit, he does not, like, make a big deal about the fact that she doesn't say it back. He doesn't seem super tortured by it. He's kind of no. like, I said it, it happened, uh, let's go out of town.
1: This is a very cute domestic scene. Like, uh, Brenda makes a little comment about Nate having dead guy um, fluid on his shirt, which is, yeah. you know, cute by six feet under standards, I think.
0: The honeymoon is not all the way over at all, but there is in this episode a little bit more of a settling down into their relationship. Yeah. And Brenda also says in this scene that Nate needs something beh- besides her, like mm-hmm. as a kind of like stress release. And she's she is right. Like Nate basically just works and hangs out with Brenda. He doesn't really have a lot else going on. And
1: uh, Nate suggests they take a vacation to Two Bunch Palms, which I went ahead and googled, and yes. there is a Goop write up about it. Oh my god, that is so perfect. That was like the first thing that came up was a Goop write up, like
0: right after the hotel's website itself. Brenda definitely bought a jade vagina egg off of Goop,
1: but it is a it is a desert hot springs um, <laughs> resort. Um, that uh that goop would not suggest you spend an entire weekend at oh so come on paltrow so uh, you know in terms of uh the show being a travel podcast um
0: (laughs) now you know i kind of want to go now actually yeah so next we have ruth hovering over claire and uh ruth just says that she's going to have a friend over for dinner and the friend is hiram and uh, Ruth is very giddy about it, and Claire seems kind of into it. Claire she is kind of, like, secretly delighted about it, I it's think. It's sweet. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to kind of pinpoint how long it's been since Nate Sr. died. Four months? Tough to say. Five months? We don't get into it. I'm just, you know, just, like, wrapping up all the... Claire is a 16-year-old whose father died four months ago stuff just like I mean I know in TV time it's been a million years but just tracking that a little yeah um and then next we get David at a very stressful deacon meeting. Oof, God, I would never want to go to one of these deacon meetings. I do not like Mr. Kriegenthaler. I, I wrote that he's with Father Jack and the whitest, straightest white people. I like Father Jack in this episode. I do
1: too. Walter Kriegenthaler is uh, a monster as he's <laughs> intended to be. He
0: is a real bitch. Yeah. Um, and he, yeah, he's a total monster. Um, They want David to meet with a new associate priest candidate who I guess they've sort of been circling around for a while and took them a while to find. Yeah.
1: Father Jack is very into this guy and the deacons who are all very like very much like older and conservative are not and you kind of get the sense here why father jack was so keen to have david be a deacon in the first place i mean if you're at the place in your life where you're like oh let's find a non-conservative pick how about david fisher oh boy you know that you're like leaning really far to the right oh to begin man
0: like yeah that's that's true so we end this scene just knowing that david is going to meet with uh, father clark father clark with yes. the new associate priest candidate um,
1: in the next scene it is it is just a shot of uh, of Nate and Brenda's like intertwined feet and legs while they're having like very uh like exercise
0: sex yeah I wrote this is athletic athletic that's the this word not this exercise-y. is not a, this is not a lazy and also like way to go Nate on four hours of sleep I don't right? know he- heaven can Nate heaven can um Billy comes in uh, while they're having sex We're in and- a bike helmet it's a fucking nightmare i hate it this made me so uncomfortable yeah
1: billy is i mean billy's always extra but he's uh i mean this is kind of the episode where we learn more about billy and
0: his whole deal um he wants to show brenda his new photos i just hate how cavalier he is and also brenda is like well your mom caught us and i'm like this is different Yep. This is different. You are in your house with the presumption of privacy in your yeah. bedroom. Yeah. Billy
1: also uh, says that he was on the boardwalk taking photos of quote unquote hookers. And he loved it because it was real human tragedy shit. Yeah.
0: I, I and the the next sort of scene, Nate comes in having gotten dressed, I guess. And Billy is like fetishizing and degrading a sex worker who has a tumor. He says- very hipster Diane Arbus. Oh yeah. Bullshit. Yeah.
1: But Diane Arbus was definitely not as much of a dick about this.
0: Billy is like watching Nate and Brenda like a hawk
1: well and and also when uh you kind of get Nate's perspective as he's walking into the room yeah there's some cool visual directorial stuff in this episode there is
0: good. Jim McBride good job
1: yeah um but he, you kind of see Nate's perspective as he sees like like Billy's sitting on the floor looking at his photos and, and Brenda's sort of like curled
0: around him yeah like in this
1: very like
0: what's going on here kind of way So Nate, like, says he's excited about the weekend and leaves, and, you know, Billy watches them kiss. And then when he's gone, Billy asks what's, you know, what's going on on Saturday, and Brenda says they're going to Cactus World. Um, which is another very L.A., which is a very L.A. sentence. Does not have a goop right up unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I want to go to Cactus World for sure. sure. Um, very very healthy to lie to your brothers just walked in on you having sex about where you're going this weekend. Just, I mean, you know, clock that.
1: Uh, you know, it's better than saying exactly where they're going and no that's true stalks her across the desert He but, shouldn't know but yeah.
0: it is she really and she lies to him in a very easy sort of way it's like she does this it seems like she does this all the time to yeah spare it's a very feelings. like this is this is the routine with them um nate arrives at the funeral home saying there was an accident on the 405 which again is what you do in la <laughs> there's always an accident on the 405 it's not it's you know sunrises accident on the 405 David
1: is, is doing intake with uh, Paul Kovitch, who is Victor's brother.
0: Well, and Nate, as he walks in, is making a joke where he says there's an accident on the 405. I should have been handing out business cards. And then walks in to find Paul Kovach and David. But Paul Kovitch doesn't seem to care. No, he doesn't seem to care about a lot of stuff. That's true. He has, a, he has a sadness. I like this actor. I actually didn't look up this. Uh, sorry, this actor. His name is Wade Williams. Um, okay. He looked really familiar to me, and I,
1: and I looked him up on IMDb, and he's basically been um, in like one episode of every TV show ever. Oh. He's just like one of those guys. I love those is, people. Uh, yeah. Bless them. But he's well, good. I think, he's re- I think he does really good work in this episode. He's, I do, too. Um, he's, very,
0: he's very sympathetic, but also kind of like, t- it, you're like, I don't know if I always like this guy, but yeah. I get his deal. Mm-hmm. um so actually nate recognizes uh paul kovich as a sports star in high school yeah he, he was like a wrestling star
1: who was like ahead of nate in high school yeah and nate immediately just gets all like bro you were the coolest yeah
0: it's uh it's funny um david hates that this is happening but paul is kind of into it he mm-hmm. likes nate Nate is charming yes he you know. he's he's obviously there for his brother who is the man who died in the first scene and he says that victor hated the army and they're not gonna investigate any death benefits he's just gonna get cremated like they try to kind of talk to him about like what he could he could have a military funeral and Mm -hmm. paul is not into it
1: yeah paul basically says that both he and victor are very mad at the army yeah um that basically vic uh during the gulf war was um like cleaning up quote-unquote a chemical base in iraq Oh, yeah. um, and then when he basically when he came home, he was sick um, and then he got lung cancer, which is what he died from. Um, so Paul basically implies that both the brothers were like, fuck the army, you know, yeah. they've they've screwed me over. And um, Paul seems very like ang- like his 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 sadness is manifesting his anger. Yeah. He talks about how he thinks embalming is twisted, which I kind of agree with. Yeah. Embalming's weird. Yeah. Um but he says that he just wants his brother's ashes in um in a sack. Um, and he's going to you know release them out you know near the mother's grave and um oh, yeah. it's really apparently like Paul like they don't have anybody like yeah he's the only person left yeah.
0: um so Nate now has to go pick up the corpse of of Victor Kovich.
1: and then we're in the kitchen um with Nate and David and Ruth and Nate is asking about taking the weekend off um to go uh to to go gooping with um yeah, <laughs> with Brenda <laughs> with Brenda um
0: and david David? is scandalized he's like i never take two days off and nate is like maybe you should sometimes i get that like nate is all like i know about his selfish streak but um i agree that maybe nate should be getting some time off and it is true that like uh, because nate has to do like all this kind of terrible stuff because Mm -hmm. he can't do anything else which you know is not david's fault but uh i do think that david kind of like is probably giving him more degrading stuff to do, even unconsciously, like maybe subconsciously. Yeah. Um. And then in the middle of this, um, Ruth says that she's having a friend over for dinner. Oh my God, Frances Conroy. It's the hairdresser. And David is kind of bitchy about it. And he's like, this is our home. And Nate is excited about yeah, it. Yeah, Nate's into it. Yeah. And then <laughs> Ruth has an amazing little monologue about Hiram, Hiram will be cooking. He spent 17 years as a top
1: chef in Chicago. The food critic of the Sun Times called him the father of the new rustic cuisine.
0: And then he gave it all up
1: to become a hairdresser. And he has never been happier.
0: So we finally get some real Claire and she's reading The Teachings of Don Juan. So I, I looked up this book. It is
1: by Carlos Castaneda. Yes, um, and it's basically a book that came out in the '60s um, that is about like, like shamanism and like peyote trips and stuff. Mm, Claire and she's and like, I totally get this. Like when I was Claire's age, I got super into Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Oh and I was, like, yeah, and I was like, I am now a philosopher. Um, and that is just it is just a hundred percent like too smart for your own good but still really very young teenager stuff where you're like i just found this book and i know the secret of life and no one else
0: does yeah i never read Zen in the art of motorcycle maintenance but you know i tried to read on the road it didn't work out for me oh, I, was, I was like oh no but um... i was also really into on the road as a teenager um it was you know
1: we, we got past that
0: point yeah um, I did however uh, write openly write plays in math class so this is very much my uh, my vibe my teacher got nice. real mad at me um
1: also, I, I think I'm going to put a screenshot of this in the show notes. The teacher who's teaching this algebra lesson on the board is like writing this algebra problem, which I don't get math, so I did not understand what she was talking about. But her writing gets increasingly insane,
0: and I'm like, who would ever understand? She was just this? scratching it. She was just like like drawing like angry shapes. She's like Xing things out for emphasis, but she just is obscuring the numbers. Yeah. Um, so she says a bunch of stuff and then she calls on Claire because Claire is, you know, just flagrantly reading this book. Um, she and Claire argue and Claire gets a little like, I'm not going to use algebra in the real world. So what do I need to do? And she's also wearing glossy brown lipstick, which I really love. <laughs> she says, um,
1: just again the most teenager thing. You think the world runs on logic? Come on, open your eyes.
0: Oh boy. I mean, I Claire is about to say wake up sheeple, and I'm I it's not a vibe that I'm into as an adult, but I get where she's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then she she has one of she's the first of a couple fantasy sequences she gets in this episode where she envisions the teacher's head sort of slowly blowing up like a balloon and then exploding.
1: And it's very much implied that she's sort of, like, doing it with her mind like an X-Man.
0: Yeah, and she laughs after it. And the teacher doesn't know what's going on. This scene is tonally quite strange.
1: I mean, there is, like, a part of me thinks it's an abrupt shift to Claire being like, yeah, like, desert journey shamanism. But another part of me is like, no, this is, like, this is totally what you do when you're, like, you know, 16 and disaffected.
0: So (laughs) in the next scene, Ruth goes to Nikolai's flower shop, which I love this flower shop because it's sort of like a drive-through. It's like a gas station. Yes, except it's flowers. This is one of the like, the, like more and more LAE things are coming through the show, and this is just like a very. This is just like a very Southern California thing. It looks sort of retro, but also kind of seedy, but also kind of modern. I really like it. And <laughs> Nikolai is yelling at a customer because he doesn't have a website. You know, clock that Nikolai has a bit of a temper.
1: Yeah. And oh, and Ruth, by the way, is returning uh, vases in a, in like reusable grocery tote bags. She's like very ahead on the environmentalism.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Ruth is going green. Um, and then Ruth says that she wants to take that help wanted sign that Nikolai has uh, right out of the window and she wants to get a job there. And uh, she gets that job immediately.
1: She's very insistent, and she insults him multiple times. And he's like very into it.
0: Clearly, there's also we don't really get to see this person talk, but there is a person in the background who also works. Yes, who I don't think we get introduced to, but just cl- clock that he's there.
1: He's gonna be. Uh, he's gonna be a person.
0: And then we see David hanging out with the cool priest, who's not here to make friends <laughs> at church, who really is just like. I'm here to ruffle some feathers, baby. He's a cool priest, but is he a hot priest? I don't think he's a hot hashtag priest. Hashtag hot priest. He's not a hashtag hot priest. I don't know. I was thinking about this because probably when I first watched the show, I was like, oh, cool priest. I found him kind of abrasive, actually. Yeah, he's a lot. Um, I like what he's, I like his
1: worldview, but
0: um, yes. he's very intense. I agree with his politics, but his personality annoys me, which happens to me a lot. <laughs> um, and he's talking about kind of like, he doesn't want to be he doesn't want saint bart's to be complacent like he wants to shake things up i'm gonna ruffle some feathers and then a weird thing happens where david says something like sounds like you should join the peace corps and he's like i was in the peace corps i was in nicaragua for three years i lost my wife there and i'm like uh what what did your? what did she die in the peace corps I just need, I needed more information and David could not care less. David does not care what happened to the wife. At all. But I deeply care. I'm also curious what happened to her. Throwing off that, because also, that would probably be a big news story if an American woman died in Nicaragua during, in the Peace Corps, but whatever.
1: Well, and also, I think it's, um, it feels like he
0: and David are flirting in this scene. Yeah, there is a little bit of a vibe. David seems like, definitely seems let down when he hears the word wife. Well, and this also, this scene was very fraught for me because this is the first instance of many on this show, no spoilers, where nobody could possibly be bisexual. You are either gay or straight on Six yeah, Feet Under.
1: I'd say that's generally, it's funny, right now I am working on a story about bisexual representation on television. Oh, wow. And I was thinking about um, in this era of television, bisexuality was not a thing. Like, oh, uh,
0: and in a very toxic way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually something that I think, and I'll probably talk about more later in the series, but like it really, me personally, I was just like, oh, when men say they're bisexual, they're gay. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, bad.
1: I know. And I I, I mean, I think even at the time I myself thought this, probably from watching TV shows like this. Yes. But, you know, the same thing, I'm trying to think of other shows that had um, gay characters on at the time, like Queer as Folk. Buffy also were like oh no no bisexuality you're just gay or straight
0: well and even I remember the L word it was like there was a woman on it who had a male fiance and then she cheated on him with a woman and it was just like oh no she's been turned lesbian like from his point of view it's like oh no she's been like turned into a lesbian it's something that I do feel like this show like I said this is the first episode where I sort of am clocking it but Mm -hmm. it will happen throughout the series where bi erasure is real it really is.
1: There's a part at the end where uh, where Father Clark says, David's like, Are you, were you this honest with the other deacons? And he's like, he's like, no, but I can tell that right and wrong actually matter to you. David's face is like, that is like the best compliment yes, you could ever give me. 100%. I, a boy who loves justice. Like, <laughs> yes. it's just, he loves his moral compass. And, he really does. And And like having this sort of like, I mean, this guy's not my thing, but like to David, like charismatic christian like revolutionary guy saying Handsome. yeah he's just like talk divine morality to me
0: yeah so we're back in the funeral home uh nate comes down in the ancient elevator with a, I i believe with a body mm-hmm. it's um, i think it's uh, it's victor's body. oh it is victor okay that makes sense um he's a jerk to rico um and rico has to work this weekend because nate is uh, going to the goop desert Heaven can't, Nate. This is my heaven can't, Nate. Not this particular thing, but just this sort of, like, entitlement Nate shows about, like, this trip.
1: Well, and also Rico brings up, I think for the first time, he says, well, I know this is never going to be Fisher and Sons and Diaz. Yeah. And Nate says nothing.
0: Yeah. Rico is treated quite badly on this episode, which, you know, happens frequently, but, you know. And and in this case, it actually does lead to something. Yes. Um, so, so Nate finds um, medals and an application for the National Cemetery um, on Viktor Kovitch's person. And Rico's excited because he wants to reconstruct him because he's like a handsome dude. And he's like, oh, I can make him look like that.
1: Rico is also very anti-cremation. Yes, that's um, true. He says that you shouldn't just burn people like they're garbage. Yeah, um, they basically unwrap this body and there are like medals like taped to like his chest yeah. and there's this folder and it's very like it's another kind of d- detective moment for nate where he's like let's get to the bottom of this yeah and he does he does get to the bottom
0: encyclopedia of it. nate is on the scene here <laughs> so we're with claire and gary her quote-unquote therapist who is the guidance counselor at the high school um and she quotes castaneda at him like she quotes her book at him which she, she's like holding the book like yeah. she is so obsessed with this book gary does exposition that claire is going to take the psat tomorrow claire says she's not sure if she wants to go to college yeah
1: she says she wants to go to the desert and eat peyote and see god which again like just having having a phase yeah
0: there's i mean the privilege is real with claire oh yeah uh in this in this episode a lot um I don't like Gary. Also, for the record, I I can't really get a beat on him yet. Yeah, I don't like I don't like his vibe. I don't like his smile. Um, <laughs> sorry, enough. the, the actor is fine. Uh, it's just I don't like the the character has like a smarmy quality. But he says that she should do this thing called the Sierra Crossroads Program, which is like I think Outward Bound. You sort of like go yeah. into the into the wilderness for a week and build character,
1: and it's something where I feel like if he'd suggested this to her like two weeks ago, she'd be like, "Nature, gross." Yeah, but now she's like, "I just read this book about this thing, and yeah. this sounds super freaking awesome."
0: Um,
1: so Claire's Claire's maybe interested in it. Um, And next we have uh, Encyclopedia Nate at um, at the, I think it's a VA hospital. It is.
0: It took me a minute to piece together what was happening in this scene and I had to check this guy's, this guy's character is VA administrator.
1: Mm -hmm. And so
0: he tells Nate that he told Paul, Victor's brother, that Victor did want to be, have a military burial and that Victor was super into the army. So it's a thing where like I get, what Paul the brother is up to, and also like that Victor is al- allowed to want what he wanted. Mm-hmm. but I also hate the ar- the army and for doing this to Victor. So it's it's a it's a weird thing.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. There's like there's a lot about um how much you should or shouldn't like trust institutions. Yes. In this episode, yeah, because you have the church um, yes. with everything that's going on with David and the deacons. Um, oh that'd be a good band name David and the Deacons it <laughs> would be a really really square band but you know um, and then you have the stuff that's going on with uh, the the brothers and the army yeah and you know it's it's kind of a question of like what in the end does it matter how good or bad the army treated Victor or does it matter that he thinks that he died for something right that mattered
0: and same with david like david knows that like the church is homophobic and that the church is not really doing everything it can but like he has faith in the institution and he finds it comforting Mm -hmm. um so nate has found a cause he loves a cause he really does and he wants to get that burial allowance which is I can I can
1: definitely see both Nate and David's sides on this. Yeah, totally. Cuz I feel like there's a lot of other episodes where where Nate is like I'm going to be a champion for this person I just met 5 seconds ago even though no one asked me to. Yeah. Um but this seems much more like I get why he's doing this. Yeah.
0: So we we then see David in the funeral home and uh he comes upon Rico embalming Victor and he's pretty mad about it um (laughs) and he's really mean to Rico he also says fucking Nate which never listen to Nate which is a mood I mean it's a mood like I'm with it
1: like on one hand he's saying he's saying never listen to Nate but he's saying it as very like I told you like you know my subordinate, you know never like always ask me first if Nate tells you to do something yeah
0: uh Rico's not having a good day with the Fishers no so Brenda has shown up once again for dinner this is the Hiram dinner um, I like how she's wearing jeans, so there's no chance of her accidentally getting eaten out in an armchair. Um, <laughs> I, th- I feel like she, she could find a way. I think that's a... But I think it's such a smart co- costume choice that Brenda was like, I'm going to wear pants so Ruth doesn't think I'm down to Boogie. Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying that you
1: think... That Six Feet Under made a smart costume choice well, for Brenda. No, he,
0: yes, I am. This is I, like a historic. Day. I think that I think that's smart in a lot of ways because I also I think she looks really good. Which again, you won't hear me say that her outfit is good very often. But I do think that it's like a smart subconscious. I don't think she did it on purpose, but I think that subconsciously Brenda was like, "I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna like make peace." and wear pants here and Ruth uh speaking of styling oh boy is like she is like hair down yeah which
1: is this is the only time I've seen her with the hair down that wasn't like when she and you know Claire were all like in the morning oh deprived.
0: yeah um oh, she and looks so great she looks so great and she looks so like she looks like she's glowing she does and um, she's all she's all over Hiram Hiram's all over her
1: and Hiram's like cooking again like Hiram is a uh, good um good husband material
0: yeah so he's doing his thing and then claire walks in and and nate isn't home yet yes by the way Nate's but brenda's here. here and seems completely at ease with it and D- david's there too right david's so there everybody's too. around yeah and claire walks in and this is where i'm like she seems excited that Hiram's coming over for her mother's sake. Mm-hmm. But then once she's faced with the reality of a man who is not her father yeah. in the kitchen cooking with Ruth, she just has a moment with it. And then she imagines her mother getting plowed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She, she imagined. sees them
1: sort of brushing against each other in an ambiguous way. Yeah. And then we immediately like snap to her, like, her weird dream sequence of, of you know, yeah, her mother being plowed on the counter. Yeah. um And it's, I, I get it. Like, I get why she's like, oh, the reality of this is like freaking me out in yeah. like a low grade Hamlet way.
0: Yeah. And then so they're at dinner and Nate is still not there and Brenda's taking it in stride. I would murder my boyfriend.
1: Right? Um, Brenda, like s- thus far in this episode has been just extremely
0: chill. David also has a moment where he has, Uh, a sexual (laughs) feeling about Ruth this is kind of strange I wish that they had sort of stuck to just Claire having Mm -hmm. these fantasies during the episode because it just feels weird that he has this one random one Oh so Claire says she needs $1200 so she can do Sierra Crossroads which again is the is the privilege is jumping out as they say.
1: I mean especially cuz we just saw Ruth be like I want to take this part-time job and it is so plainly obvious that it is not for the money. Yeah, she's just bored. Yeah, she's just bored and and she's just like nobody questions like $1200 what is that that's a lot
0: of money she just wants she's like what's this for i mean fine yeah um and so nate shows up in the middle of this and says he did sierra crossroads and he loved it and also that he lied to nate senior and ruth about doing it which ruth actually takes okay i think she's just happy because hiram's there she's in a good mood and so ruth tells everyone that she got this job with nikolai and she seems very giddy about it and then Hiram uh, is like, You didn't tell me that, and doesn't seem that in her having the job. We don't get a lot of Hiram in this episode, actually. No,
1: he's just sort of like wallpaper.
0: Yeah, he's a little plot devicey in yeah. this episode.
1: But the, r- the rest of the family, too, seems to be a little bit like, Okay. okay and then uh in the next scene uh david and nate are doing dishes and david in is just still in his fully buttoned up david mode is, yeah. has his tie like still fully on and like tucked in god and david i'm like why didn't you just take off your tie at dinner david put on put on some sweatpants david i oh don't know god and they're they're talking about victor's funeral um, and nate Nate is, is annoyed that David got him cremated. And David points out that if they don't follow his brother's wishes, that they could get sued, yeah. which is also a very valid point. Yeah,
0: true. Fair enough. Um, so we're with Brenda and Nate and at her house. And Billy has left Brenda a gift pa- basket of uh, dissolved boundaries. <laughs> it is filled with edible underwear, oysters, um, uh, and yeah. other things. I'm an only child, but I know you don't give your siblings these things.
1: No. And and Nate says that he thinks the whole thing's a little scary, rightfully so. And, and Brenda says, no, it just means he likes you. Like that's what you'd say if you were like, if you had like a new rescue dog that you were like mm, he kind of humps your leg sometimes but he's learning but this is a person
0: well and she also so she says that billy is bipolar which i think we we've known i mean that's not the first time we've heard that mm-hmm. i don't think yeah. and then and she says like she s- says that Nate should cut him some slack but like being bi- bipolar doesn't mean you're an asshole yeah and this is like an asshole-ish weirdly misogynistic sort of like terrible thing to do
1: it it makes me wonder like either if a billy has been misdiagnosed or if b he is just uses his bipolar diagnosis as an excuse to do this
0: other shit. I think it's the second
1: one. Yeah. Oh, and Nate also here af- finally asks Brenda about the matching
0: tattoos. Yes, that's true. And Brenda says they were in Vegas. And they got drunk. And they got drunk. Which is not like usually brother sister no. activity, but whatever. So <laughs> in the next scene, David uh prepares to masturbate in a very adorable way oh my god he has a towel it is very cute it like a neatly folded towel he has he has a glass of milk oh my god he has he like hangs
1: his suit jacket up in the special like suit hanger so it doesn't get wrinkled
0: He's watching a military porn, um, which, you know, just a fun nod to the themes of the week. And before it's really getting going, he gets a phone call from Mr. Kriegenthaler.
1: I don't think there's ever been a more human, like a more walking boner killer of a person than Walter Kriegenthaler. Yes.
0: Um, He asks about David's meeting with uh, Father Clark, and he asks if David thinks uh, Clark is gay.
1: Which is like... I don't think Kriegenthaler would guess that David is gay necessarily.
0: This doesn't feel like when David was interviewing to be a deacon, like yeah. where it was all subtext. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't think Mr. Kriegenthaler does really think so, but he's yeah. very blunt about it. Um and he says he Mr Kriegenthaler rather says that he doesn't want to have like an agenda pushed and that like he knows about a church where like they talked about gay marriage and it split the congregation and it's uh it's just uh just like i said a real boner killer i know (laughs) and it's also like the
1: fact that you know a character like this like we can look back at this and be like there's still like the same person very much in the world
0: so then the next morning nate comes up to david's apartment which i think is the first time we've seen them together in this in david's living space which i am still unclear if david lives at The Fisher house. Yeah, he does. He lives above the garage. Okay. So he has essentially an apartment, like sort of like a widowed aunt apartment above the Fisher garage, but it's separate from the house. So Nate's in David's apartment and he's trying to convince him to do this military funeral for Victor. Um, Um, Yeah, they, they can still get it. Like he can still
1: be buried in an urn and still get, you know, the full funeral with the flag folding and everything.
0: And so Nate is about to show David the tapes Victor made. And then um, he accidentally turns on the porn. I actually really love Nate at this moment. He's like,
1: he he laughs about it. And yeah. of course, David like like is freaking out and running. And, and, and Nate is like, Dave, it's OK. I watch porn, too. Aww.
0: And it's really
1: cute. Like, I, I think it's cute how Nate is like, at this point, Nate obviously knows that David is gay. yeah, um, he's met Keith, and he's now seen this. Um, but
0: <laughs> now he saw, like, this porn. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: but it's very like like Nate is just very patiently like, I'm not going to like bug you about this, yeah. but like just know that my door is open to talk about this,
0: yeah. David doesn't want to talk about anything <laughs> no. ever. um so we have Claire in the school library, and she's sort of like, how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> to, this, yeah. to these girls. I really love this scene. This um, scene is is cool. I totally forgot about this scene. So it's three pretty girls studying at a at a table. She asks the girls what happens to you.
1: Okay, wait. Here is my, you know, I had my weird crackpot theory last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's my weird crackpot theory this week. Okay. So Claire is like obsessed with this book about like this guy going in this like peyote journey. Yeah. What if Claire is microdosing on peyote this
0: whole episode? I think we would have seen her get the peyote. I feel like we would have gotten, we would have seen her get it from I don't know, Gabe's scuzzy friend or something. Yeah, true. Um, But so the each of the girls say sort of what happens to them in the next ten or fifteen years of their lives. Uh, We have a yuppie lawyer who has a kid and a husband, and she's actually holding a
1: baby in her lap in
0: (laughs) the vision. Um, we have a disillusioned TV executive, and then we have um, somebody who
1: uh, works in interior lighting design firm, and then dies of ovarian cancer
0: before she's thirty. Yeah, um, and uh, so Claire has this vision, and then is you know when it's over, she's kind of like, well, bye, have a good you know good luck on the test, and then the girls call her a weirdo.
1: <laughs> well, because first she does the thing she did earlier in the classroom, which is that she just laughs at nothing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I love Claire, but from I was somebody watching this I'd be like weirdo yeah <laughs> girl's a weirdo so next we have David and father Jack talking in father Jack's office and father Jack is getting getting very real in this scene mm-hmm. I mean as he kind of should maybe no totally so they voted against the deacons voted against father Clark father Jack Really wanted him and is upset about it. There's a lot of there is a lot of subtext in this scene where mm-hmm. like David kind of talks about how he's too radical and Father Jack is like we that's what we need, and David is really square and sort of like I like that church doesn't change, but he he's very like cogent and I mean I got what David was saying yeah
1: I mean he's basically saying and he almost he's on the verge of mentioning his breakup with Keith and then he stops himself although I think at this point like he and father Jack like both like know that both of them are gay yeah um but i think this this again kind of goes back to you know how the army is talked about in this because david sort of explains why he is the way he is like he says you know i have all the stressful things in my life but th- this is a sanctuary for me like yeah. he he really loves tradition
0: yeah so next we have rico
1: rico is is eating lunch in the embalming room oh, with, yeah. with all the bodies behind him Ugh.
0: and he answers the phone and he says, yes, Mr. Gilardi. And this plot line is back, everybody. For everyone who
1: really missed uh, Matthew Gilardi's dynamic presence.
0: Oh my god, this guy. So at least we don't see him. That's Thank, thank god for small favors.
1: Uh, and then we're at Ruth's first day at work. And she is having a fucking blast.
0: How has Nikolai not lost this business? He's so abrasive.
1: I know. So my first job um, when I was like fifteen, was working at a greenhouse.
0: Oh, um, that sounds nice. And like a
1: lot of it was like cleaning up the greenhouse and like carrying soil and stuff. But some of it was like making bouquets oh, and like lovely. suggesting flowers for people arranging. Um, I was not as into it as Ruth was. But you um, know.
0: was there a lady who had a bunch of weed for Nate Senior who worked there? There was not a weed lady. Or
1: if there was, I didn't know about it. There was only there Roger, was. the cute guy who would carry the Christmas trees
0: uh, out to people's cars. Oh um so then we're at victor's funeral and a a veteran who seems older than victor um who's in a wheelchair is is talking about how he knew victor and and you know liked him and just you know saying saying some nice things and he's not a very he's not like a very polished speaker but he seems very sweet and sincere he says i wish he didn't die it sucks which I'm like, that's a good eulogy. Yeah. So Paul, uh Victor's brother is not at this funeral. So Then so, Paul walks yeah, in. Yeah, Paul walks in and he's just there to collect he thinks he's just there to collect the ashes
1: hmm um and then he walks yeah right into the middle of the funeral and he, you can tell he's about to go off but um there's there's an officer who's speaking and he says are you his brother and Paul says yes and then you know the the officer proceeds to say this stuff about like he was a lion for Victor yeah. he was you know he really supported him and like fought for him to get all the benefits he could yeah
0: it's very sweet and sad I know well it's also a thing where like we've talked about the vets are like yeah y- you fought army for your brother like they're able to both like maybe like love the army or respect the army but they're also able to be like he should have gotten money for getting sick like they're it's they're able to sort of hold these two things and be like they can be proud and also angry
1: yeah i think this episode captures that ambivalence very like with very little work and then you know after a minute paul does get really mad at at nate and david Um, and and Nate, perhaps overstepping, um, says that that Victor wanted to believe he died for something. Do you want to take that away from him?
0: And Paul sort of, it all sort of hits Paul, I'd say, and he realizes that his brother did still, you know, did still love the army and felt like he couldn't talk about it with him and kept it from him. And it's really, the scene is so sad and Paul's really complicated. It's a very detailed rendering of someone we don't actually see that much. Yeah,
1: I agree. And I also, I mean, I think the other major theme of this episode, I mean, the name of the episode is Brotherhood. Sure. Um, and we get the depiction of like kind of three sibling relationships. Yeah. We get Nate and David. We get um, Brenda and Billy. Yeah. And then we, we, we get, ever. um, you know, Victor and Paul. Yeah. And this revelation that Paul has definitely touches nate because nate you know last episode was thinking about how he never knew his father um and and he last episode was talking to david about that saying that i you know i I want i want us to know each other um and i think this kind of pushes him even more in the direction of being like i need to make sure that my brother understands that i love him even if we don't
0: always see eye to eye yeah so then we see claire taking the psat and fucking it up on purpose the little privilege punk. is swimming.
1: Well, but it's also like this is the most meaningless rebellion because yeah. the
0: PSETs don't actually count for anything. Claire is annoying in this episode, and it's it's a very relatable annoying. Yeah, but uh, and I'm you know I'm down with it, but it's very annoying. And then Ruth is uh, weeping, arranging flowers in a little annex. She's and not even. She should have been weeping, arranging. She's weep. She's hugging a flower. Oh yeah, I guess she's not really arranging them. She's yeah. just sort of like like in the middle of them, and she's really happy to be around so much happiness and she says that you know the smell of flowers usually has meant you know death to her yeah yeah
1: Ruth is like I mean she I feel like <laughs> in this episode we've seen her um process happiness both as like rage back earlier when she's telling her kids about Hiram coming over for dinner yeah and now is like sadness yeah but ne- never quite fully
0: is just happiness yeah poor Ruth so Victor gets his military funeral they're at the graveyard i will say
1: so there's a part here where um taps is playing as as a flag is is folded by two you know military men in like dress uniform and white gloves um and this reminded me of actually a moment from my my grandfather's funeral um and you know we weren't super close and it was a, a little bit of a strange funeral but there was this moment, because, you know, my grandfather was uh, a, a veteran. He, mm-hmm. he was fought in World War II, um, where, you know, they came out and, and did this, this flag-folding ceremony, and they, they handed the flag to my uncle, I believe. Mm. And that, for me, surprisingly, was the most emotional moment of the funeral. Yeah. Um, and uh, that, like, for me, kind of drives home the whole theme of this episode about how we can take comfort in these rituals and these
0: institutions
1: even if we don't necessarily agree with everything they do.
0: Yeah. So we see Nate and David leaving the cemetery and then Nate spontaneously hugs David and tells him that he loves him. And at first David hates this. And then David loves it. Yeah, you kind of see him like surrendering to the hug finally. David tells Nate that he loves him too, which I sort of wasn't expecting. I know. In the way that Brenda did not say I love you back. That's true. David does say I love you back. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And then David says that Nate did the right thing. And you know, there's nothing nicer you can say to Nate. Oh, yeah. So it's the ultimate compliment for him. And Nate
1: is is just cocky as fuck about it yeah
0: to be fair to Nate uh David has never said he's done anything right as far as I can tell from this I can't remember any other time in the series so far maybe he has but uh Um, But it's a sweet, it's a very sweet moment. Mm -hmm. And then Nate goes to Brenda's and encounters a very different kind of brother. Yeah. Billy is in a
1: blanket. He's like covered in tears to the point where it seems like he has like taken tears that have fallen from his
0: eyes and sort of spread them in his hair. It's very histrionic. Yeah. And he's got all these photos spread out. I mean, he is talking some nonsense about how he's lost his artistic mojo. And, you know, I get it. (laughs) I, yeah. We've all had those moments.
1: He has a um, he has an exhibit coming up at a gallery in Westwood. Yes. So this is, I think, the moment we learn that like Billy isn't just like a photographer for fun. Like he's actually yeah, he's a
0: professional photographer. And Brenda's sort of like talking about the photos, um, but he keeps saying that Brenda needs to give him her eyes.
1: He says because sometimes I go blind but then there's like a point when he's like oh I promise I'll always give them back and I'm like oh my god you're gonna eventually like actually carve out her actual eyeballs with a spoon.
0: Yeah and this is what we've talked about already is like is Billy playing off of his illness to make Brenda pay attention to him and keep her to himself Mm -hmm. Uh, and then he tells Nate that uh he can uh fuck Brenda some other time. They're not, go- oh, they're so they're not going to go to the desert. Yeah. Like, Brenda can't leave Billy. The timing is very convenient for Billy. It's very convenient. He's obviously figured out that they weren't just going to Cactus World. So, Nate says, you know, um, clearly
1: your brother is manipulating you, and he hates all the men in your life. But then Brenda says, what, you think I fucked my brother?
0: Yeah, so when that happened, it's like, ma'am, this is a Wendy's. like, it's <laughs> a very, like, it is, out of it's not out of nowhere but it's not out of somewhere like yeah it made me go
1: oh this is like a past boyfriend or two or three has made this accusation before absolutely and she's
0: like let's just skip ahead i get that this is a stressful time for brenda but i'm on nate's side nate's like this is you know he's being manipulative and he he basically is like this is a bad situation Mm -hmm. and brenda's like you you would you don't understand
1: yeah and this is like a real 180 um from how she's been like in the first half of the episode she's just been like super chill girlfriend yeah um and then there's a part where like nate you think he's gonna storm off um but then he turns around and and asks if he can help which is yeah good job nate we close on this really gorgeous shot where you see Nate um, facing Brenda's door with his back to the door. You see Brenda in the door. And then way back in the room, you see Billy yeah. kind of looking at the two of them. Yeah. And then Brenda closes the door.
0: And then we fade to white.
1: Oh, so this is my, my closing question to you. Yes. Because she tells him, like, you should still go, like, go on this trip, like, have a mud bath. Yeah. Do we think Nate took a solo trip to Two Bunch Poms?
0: Oh, God. I actually was thinking about that. I don't think so. I actually think what happened was he like went to David and acted like a big martyr and maybe said that he chose to work. Yeah, I'd I'd buy that too. I think that's, and he tried to get some points. Yeah. yeah, David was like,
1: I'll take it. Um, So what, uh, what grade would you give this episode?
0: So this episode grew in my esteem a little as we talked about it. But I'm actually gonna give it a C plus.
1: Whoa. This is your lowest grade by far. I Tell guess me it more. is.
0: There's just something about it's like we're halfway through the season. There's something sort of tonally strange about all the Claire stuff. Hmm. The Claire stuff feels kind of divorced from the themes and from everything else. Yeah. I don't know. It just it feels like a little some of the like theme I love the way it like joins things, but it also feels like a little too neat in mm-hmm. some places. I don't know. Maybe it maybe a maybe a B minus, but it just isn't. It's probably my least favorite episode so far.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I liked this episode a little more than you did. Um, I would probably give it a B plus. Okay. I I was really struggling to find cuz I love when a character reads a book in a show. Sure. Like, you know, I follow sure. the like Rory Gilmore's book club Tumblr. Uh-huh. Um, but I think you're right with the Claire stuff. The how it kind of ties into the rest of the episode yeah but there was um there was some other stuff I really liked in this episode I thought the like kind of death of the week was very well handled um, I
0: like that brother I really did like that character quite a lot it's also not a super funny episode I actually which actually there okay. were kind of a lot of comedy beats in this episode uh, I guess there were some I don't know there was just there's something just that didn't quite Get there for me. Sure. For this episode. Yeah. Um. But uh. But you know, some good, some good stuff. And it's also set. You know, I feel like we're setting the scene for the second half of the season. Yes. With a lot of the themes and stuff that's happening.
1: Yeah. I. I think the other reason that that I like this episode is because I think the the directing and the visuals are really strong. It
0: is well directed. That's very true. It's a good. It's a good looking episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, sure. I see
1: what you're saying about the uh, the Claire stuff. Yeah. Because I also love a Claire episode.
0: Yeah you know, still, I still love it. Still good stuff. For links to everything we talked about today and more information about us, visit our website at notoversfu.com. If you liked the show, please
1: subscribe, tell a friend about it and leave us a rating or a review on iTunes or Apple podcasts. It
0: helps people to find the show. You can write to us at NotOverSFU at gmail.com or give us a shout on Twitter at NotOverSFU. We'd love to hear from you. You can find me, Caroline, at Caroline B. McGee. You can find me, Jenna, at Second Husk. You can find our producer, Allison Cherry, at Allison underscore Cherry. That's one L in Allison. Our theme song was written by Matt Berger and Melissa Lusk. Our logo
1: was designed by Caitlin Trishani. Until next time, be like Claire and set a teacher's head on fire with your mind.